and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're talking all about PSG's commanding win over rivals Marseille. We're going to talk about Kylian Mbappe's injury and look ahead to PSG's next couple of fixtures. And here to help me do that, once again, we have Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, welcome back to the show. How are things on your end? I saw that you had tweeted that you were traveling. You may miss the first few minutes, but then the pilots must have saw that tweet too, and he just put it into the the tailwinds and got you landed in time. So how are things on your end? How was your travels? Yeah, it was good. I was down in uh, Arizona visiting my family. And uh, of course, I'm a big USC Trojans guy, if any of you guys watch college football. So I watched them uh, beat Arizona State yesterday in an ugly game. They did not play well, but they won. So um, it was uh, not, it was kind of disheartening, but hey, UCLA and Notre Dame lost. So that's a, that's what we call a perfect weekend for USC. So yeah, it was a good trip though. It is, uh, it is still hot down there though. I was down there not too long ago and it is hot for our listeners who have not been to the desert of Arizona. My goodness. It is like, it's basically if you turn your oven to uh, 400 degrees and then stick your head in, that's what it feels like down there. Just dry, unrelenting heat. I don't know how the players do it down there. It's yeah, crazy, it's yeah. but it, it seemed like a nice, cool night in Paris tonight at the Parc de Prince PSG, welcoming their arrivals. No traveling Marseille supporters. We had Jonathan Johnson on, who, who talked all about that. So if you're new to PSG and wonder why there was no traveling away supporters, uh, make sure you listen to that episode. But let's get started, Ethan, with Luis Enrique's starting lineup. Um, it was, from my eye, it was like a 3-4-3, but let's just start. We had Donnarumma in goal, the back three of Marquinhos, Skriniar, and uh, Hernandez. And then you had Hakimi and Barcola sort of playing a win, wing-back role. They were getting forward a lot. Um, you had Ugarte and Zaire Emery in the midfield. Up front, Dembele, Colomwani, Mbappe. What are your thoughts overall on the formation? And I guess the big standout was uh, Bradley Barcola in the starting lineup, uh, new signing this summer. So what did you think about that from Luis Enrique? Yeah, I thought it was neat. And this is the kind of stuff that I've been excited for since uh... – all the new signings, excited how Enrique is going to use them since he's got so much depth at his disposal. I mean, we haven't had depth like this in forever. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It could almost, at times, it seemed like a three at the back on the uh, the beginning of the game. They were announcing it as a 4-2-4 with the only midfielders being uh, Zaire Emery and Ugarte. And, yeah, it honestly shifted. And the thing that I think people uh, not focus too much about or, or just like kind of hone in on is um, sometimes the formation, well, not sometimes, the formation isn't as nearly as important as the role that someone has in that formation. I mean, we saw on the left wing, we saw four different guys go out on the left wing at certain parts of the game. So it's just really the roles were getting switched. I mean, it was a very fluid formation. And that's that's how these good these good football clubs work. You know, it's it's they're not rigid. They can they're flexible. They can move around. I mean, we saw, we yeah, like I said, we saw. I mean, we even saw Warren Zaire Emery almost playing as a winger for a little bit of the game. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I liked the diversity. As soon as Enrique came out with that kind of lineup, it looked different. And Barcola was starting. I just, I was not worried once we did that because I was thinking he's this confident to make these kind of changes in Le Classique, and I was like, yeah, we're gonna win today. I just kind of knew it. So. Uh, never really worried, uh, but yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, very interesting that Barcola started, uh, and he played really well. Of course, if if, any, if you guys watched it, um, but 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any any one thing stood out to me except I love the fluidity. I love the mm-hmm. diversity, the versatility that this team has. And Enrique clearly, so far, he knows how to use it. And and I was I was thinking earlier. I tweeted this in the first half that this is maybe the worst that our defense will ever be, just because it takes defenses a while with new players to get that good partnership, that duo or that trio and in the back, depending if they're playing with a back four, back, uh, back three, but this, there's a good chance this will be the worst that our defense is for a while. So, um, you know, we've had two draws and a loss to start the season, uh, but not start, but you know, in our first, however many games we've played now. And, but the good thing is I, I don't think we've really been outplayed in any, any game this year. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be exciting to see once this defense really gets honed in, and then just seeing what Enrique is gonna do every week with the different attacking options he's got. I feel like he's just always gonna have some solution to whatever problem we face. So yeah, what 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 else stood out to you? Yeah, I like from Luis Enrique. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Tuchel when he was at the club where he wasn't afraid to, say, move Marquinhos as a defensive midfielder, and he wasn't afraid to move things around. I like that flexibility from a manager. Um, he's also a player or a manager who will say that a player can't play for him or you know is not up to the quality, and we saw that with Verratti, apparently. He just didn't rate him, wasn't the right time, and, and Verratti had to move on. For Barcola to come in and, and start at his young age, Coming in from uh, this summer, I mean, he hasn't been in, in Paris even that long coming from Leon. To, for him to come into the starting lineup, play that well, I think speaks a lot to that player's quality for him to come in. And, and also with Zaire Emery, who was just the two of them, just endless energy on the pitch today. They were the whole team, in fact, just just tracking back and pressing for a full 90 minutes. Every single player. It wasn't just a couple here and there. It was every single player. I love seeing that. Um, I love, again, the formation, having that flexibility, I thought was great. To your point with the defense, this probably is the worst, and it's still pretty strong. I mean, a clean sheet against Marseille, this is not you know one of the better Marseille sides, but there's still quality there. Aubameyang can still, still uh, certainly score. They did have that one chance with that header that they probably should have scored. Um, and so, yeah, they had their, their opportunities, but the defense is going to get a lot better. You look at this team. And you see the players coming back. Mukiele, you, you know, was subbed in, but he's a player that could probably start this team. Nuno Mendes was recently reactivated. He should be coming back soon. So he's going to come in and, and want to start. He's probably going to be a starter. So who do you take out? I, I like that Enrique is sort of, Luis Enrique is sort of figuring out his, his best 11, his best formation. He's giving people, youngsters, a try. And I feel like he's feeling things out right now. And we still don't know who PSG's best starting 11 are we still don't know what the best formation is but as we're figuring things out the team is playing so so well just on on social media you can see the positivity fans are loving this performance it was great this is exactly what we wanted a rebuild and i think we we sort of thought maybe it would take a little while this team has bought into what luis enrique is selling and they are just smashing teams I know we had the loss to Nice, but they dominated Dortmund. They dominated Marseille. And I think we're going to continue that moving forward. This team is gelling. Um, I couldn't be just more pleased with the the formation, the manager, the players. Everyone's bought in. Um, there's one little setback, which we're going to talk about with Mbappe. But absolutely, Luis Enrique nailed it with this formation. The players, Hakimi, we're going to talk about him. But he was fantastic. 
I don't know. I'm rambling here, but I, as you can tell, I'm very, very positive and uh, on the bright side of everything that's going on with PSG right now. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I think you have to be. Um, you know, we get, you just see, uh, whenever you go to a PSG tweet, like after, you know, when the club tweeted that we won uh, 4 0, you go to that on Twitter and you see just all the positive comments for us. And then you see my favorite part is the negative comments from just other teams' fans. And they're just like, we don't care, whatever. And uh, you see that. And it's just, if, if all they can say is, we don't care or something like that, in the past, they could say, wow, you guys couldn't even beat so-and-so with Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, or you couldn't do this and that. And I know it's early, of course. I'm not going to say we're winning the Champions League this season because I don't think we will. Um, I think we've certainly got a shot, of course. Probably, it's probably six teams that have a decent shot, and I'd say we're one of them, probably on the lower end of those odds. But um, you just see, like, even opposing teams' fans know that that we're improving. This team's improving, you know? So I, I feel like uh, the the idea that PSG is just a, a team that you can not walk over because, you know, teams have to fight to beat us in the Champions League, but a team that's just going to crumble in the Champions League I feel like uh, there's a good chance we're going to see that sort of narrative shift here pretty soon. And yeah, it's, it's just great to see when, when all haters can say is that they don't care that we won. It means we're doing something right. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's a great start, obviously. I mean, yeah, like you said, Barcola hasn't even yeah. been here a month. Mm-hmm. He got transferred on the 31st of August. It's not even the 30th. He's starting in Le Classique. I'm sure yeah. that they could have maybe started Mukiele in that position or someone at Vitinha could have came on. But they gave him a shot, which tells me yeah. in training, he must be jumping off the pitch at Luis Enrique. And it's like, yeah. wow, that's a player right there. We we need to get him more minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I, I'm a big Vitinha guy. Uh, Vitinha PSG, not Vitinha Marseille, of course, obviously. I think Vitinha Marseille was uh, – I think he was the one that almost scored that header that you were talking about. But maybe I'm wrong. But – um. Yeah, like I, I wondered, I was expecting Vitinha would start. You know, I'm only seeing the lineup two minutes before the game starts, right as my flight lands. But um, so I saw, wow, Barcola starting. I was like, wow, what a, what a weird, what an interesting change. So um, the fact that we won this game without Vitinha, who was just man of the match against Borussia Dortmund uh, five days ago, we just we sat him. He didn't play a minute, and we just cruised. And then you're gonna get, to, we're gonna get to it in a sec. But Kylian Mbappe. Didn't even he barely played a third of the game, and we cruised. And yes, it is a weaker Marseille team, but Marseille can play us tough. And it's still it's a it's a big game. You know, if if you're going to think of big games throughout a season, you're going to classify you're going to you're going to sort class Le Classique in that big game category. So yeah, great to see. Yeah, every time you're playing your rival, no matter how. You know, you mentioned USC. When you play UCLA, if they're not very good, it's always going to be a battle because they're rivals. Um, it was it was just an incredible performance. And um, I'm, as you were talking, I was retweeting. You look at the celebration afterwards. All of the PSG players, uh, Warren Zaya Emery has the megaphone. They're singing. Even the players who were on the bench. You know, I'm looking at Sharon Dor and Vitinha who didn't play for PSG. I even think I see Levin Kozawa out there. Every player is there celebrating with the Ultras. And when you think back to last season, when the Ultras were like, give us our club back. We have no identity. What is this? The club has given back the team to the Ultras, and you see the team embracing. There's something to be said for that, for, for 
the ultras and the players to be reciprocating. You know, we'll cheer for you. You play hard for the badge. You may not always win, but give us your all. And that's what the players are doing. That's what we saw tonight. That's what we saw against Dortmund. Even in the loss against Nice, that's what we saw. We saw a team that's out there trying hard and playing, playing for the badge. And you see the celebration after the game. It's not anything that we saw last season or the season before that. We haven't really seen this in a while, probably since the COVID season after beating Dortmund and having that big celebration. When PSG are embracing the ultras and their supporters and playing hard for the badge, that's when we see the best of PSG. That's what we saw tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I didn't see all the celebrations, but uh, I, I did see a little bit of it. And, you know, some people have different opinions about the ultras. Of course, they can be controversial. Some of the, the bad eggs or the bad seeds within those ultras are the ones that have personally insulted players and gone to Neymar's house and all that. But in general, the ultras are just, they, they really are like a, a big part of the soul of the club. So, um, yeah, you know, then you then again, you can say that every fan base has, you know, I mean, we've seen some other European clubs, their ultras have ties to some pretty dark stuff. You know, we've, it's just, it's a thing. There's, you're going to have yeah. bad people in every fan base. So, but if, if you remove those people and if you just take, you know, the fans that are going to support, that are going to be positive, that are just going to, it's exactly like what you said. Just, we want to see guys fighting for the badge. There was hardly any negativity after the loss to Nice. You know, we, I think we outplayed Nice. You know, they converted all three of their good chances and we couldn't convert, you know, more than two of our eight or nine. You know, those games are going to happen. But the, the fact, the idea is that even in the 89th minute, you know, uh, just look at the game against Bayern last year. We're facing Champions League elimination on the road and our dudes are just freaking sleepwalking. The only one given any energy is Sergio Ramos, who's not even at the club now. He was only there for two years, and he was fighting more than a lot of guys who'd been there much longer or the same same duration. And what we saw in the Nice loss even was was guys, everyone was had that uh, Sergio Ramos mentality at the end of that game. It didn't pay off. We didn't win, but you're right. The, the mentality is improving. We can see it's getting better. So, And that's only going to uh, put us in a better spot as the season goes on and we get to, you know, truly important games. I mean, as we saw several players going to the, the Saudi pro league, anytime you have players in your squad who are okay with that level of football, you're not going to get the best out of them in, in games like this against Marseille. You're not going to see that passion. The players we have now wanted to be here. Uh, we saw the report. Xavi Simmons had an opportunity. I know he's not at PSG right now. He's on loan, but he could have went to Manchester United. He's like, no, I want to go to PSG and still be loaned as I progress. But using that as an example, every player we have wanted to be here. We hear Lucas Hernandez, who was like, I wanted a challenge. PSG don't have a Champions League. I want to win one for them. I want to go there. I want that challenge. It just, I couldn't be more excited about what I'm seeing uh, on the pitch from PSG and Luis Enrique. Um, Perhaps the most exciting part of this match, Ethan, was the first goal, which came from uh, Akraf Hakimi, who scored a blistering free kick just outside the box. Uh, Kylian Mbappe was the one who actually won that free kick. We'll, we'll touch on him second here. But Hakimi, he steps up, and from what I understand, he takes a lot of free kicks for um, Morocco. So this was nothing new to him. It was, it was a fantastic goal. From Hakimi. So let's start with his performance because he had this goal, but overall just unbelievable. So what do you have to say about Hakimi? 
Yeah, uh, on form uh, alone right now, you take the last five or ten games, uh, he's got to be the best attacking uh, right back in the world right now. Of course, three, three goals in the last four games, I think. Is that it? Yeah. I think so, gosh, yeah. Um, I'm sure he's probably got an assist or two yeah. this season so far as well. So, yeah, just, man, he's playing phenomenal. I mean, I'm not a tactical expert, of course, so uh, anyone who is, uh, feel free to, to, you know, reach out. And whenever I mention Hakimi next, just let me know what Enrique is doing right with him. But, man, yeah, he has been he has been so good. Um, just I feel like this season – uh, and this isn't so much Hakimi, it sort of goes with the whole team. But I feel like last season, we saw that technically we were kind of dominated in a lot of games. Just not as sharp on the ball. This season, I feel like, especially the forwards, but uh, Hakimi has been surprisingly just sharp on the ball. I know that he's got it in him. It's just we didn't see that last season. And so to see him, just the way he's dribbling, the way he's passing, uh, his his attacking movement, you know, his off ball movement is just really really good right now. And man, yeah, he was just good. And then that free kick, I didn't expect that. I was still sitting on the plane trying to get ready to deboard. I was way in the back, and you know, some waiting for everyone else ahead of me in the first thirty rows to get off. And I'm just sitting there, and there's this old lady to my left and some other guy about my age, to my right. And I'm I'm just yeah, I'm in the middle seat, of course, um, trying to save money on you know get the cheap seats, but uh. Yeah, and I'm just watching on my phone, you know, right here, I'm AirPods in, and I get that, and I just give like a like a fist pump when I see that, and I know both of them looked at me, and they don't they don't know what the hell I'm doing. They probably don't even, you know, I was wearing this shirt on the plane. If uh, if we end up doing video for this, I'm wearing yeah. that one of my PSG shirts, and um, yeah, just out of nowhere, didn't really expect that. I know he's not a bad free kick taker, but man, yeah, that was an emphatic start to the game. That that set the tone for sure. Yeah, I don't. Someone had tweeted that. Barcelona had to wait so long for a free kick after Messi left, and PSG did not have to wait nearly as long to score a free kick goal after Messi leaving because Hakimi stepped up. Um, I, I just thought overall he was fantastic. He almost had a second goal. I think he was just slightly offsides. It was a great pass from, um, I think it was Ramos uh, when he came on for Mbappe, had a nice little pass over, and, and Hakimi hit the post, but he was offsides. Um, I thought Hakimi was just, he was fantastic the entire game. As you said, I think when he has less defensive duties, I think that he um, he performs a lot better. I think he's much happier getting forward and, and contributing to the attack. Um, and, and Marseille, I think at one point they only had like 15, 15 to 20% of the possession. So I think when we can play him in a role like that, I think we're going to see the best out of him. He still is able to play defense and a traditional right back, but I, I don't know if that's when we're getting the best out of him. And I think when we get into the Champions League, there'll be some tougher opponents where he's going to have to stay back, and that could present um, an issue for PSG if he does get forward. He leaves a lot of space behind him, but um, hopefully this defense will gel. But Hakimi is easily one of the best, if not the best, right backs in all the world uh, football, and he showed it tonight. He was just – he was everywhere. He was brilliant. Um, let's talk about how uh, Hakimi – ended up scoring that free kick because it was Mbappe who I watched this one a few times. I even um, like I recorded it with my phone so I could zoom in. It it didn't look that bad. I'm not a doctor, but when I look at it, it looked like almost like 
uh, Mbappe got brushed on his ankle a little bit and kind of went down. I'm sure it was a lot worse than that. I'm seeing reports now that it was not a twist, which it didn't look like it. So I'm, that confirmed what I thought. And it just was a, a minor blow to his ankle. So who, he might have some bruising and, and such. But when he went down, if he's, you know, what are your thoughts on that? If he's not able to play against Claremont Foot, or would you try to get him some minutes in preparation for Newcastle? What should PSG do with Mbappe? Yeah, in my opinion, I think the good part about having the best player in the world, the best attacker in the world, killing Mbappe on our team, is just like he showed when when he came back after that little contract dispute. We didn't know if he was going to play, you know, for the season when that was going on. Uh, as soon as he got subbed on, uh, you know, coming back, I'm pretty sure he scored that same game like ten minutes after he got subbed on. So the good thing about Mbappe is that he's pretty much always match sharp. He's always got match fitness up. It seems uh, very rarely. Do we need to uh, ease him back into matches like you would most players? So, personally, the last season against uh, Bayern Munich, wasn't it in that first leg where oh, yeah. he was injured yeah. before and then we brought him in and he made all the difference basically on one leg? He had a yeah. much more significant injury then. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't played in forever. And then, uh, yeah, we sub him on. And uh, I was there at that game at the park. I almost saw him score, but, you know, Mendes fractionally offside. What a bummer. But, uh, yeah, we've seen it before that he just doesn't really need uh, that much preparation. So he he's still young, you know. He's not always going to have a speed, but uh, he will at least for the next probably seven years at least. So yeah, it's uh, I think I don't know how bad it is. Like like you said, it doesn't look like it's too bad. Maybe it's just, he got a bit bruised real good. Um, but if there are any concerns at all, then don't play him against Claremont. Um, Claremont have been better the past year. Like they had a good team last year. They had they had a, a really fine tuned system that they followed, and it it led them to a very respectable mid table finish when most people consider them to be relegation candidates. But um, honestly, if we're playing like this, they're they're currently last place in the league on uh, after six matches, five defeats, one they're draw. Last? So they haven't yeah. won yet. They're below <laughs> Leon. Really? They're below Leon. Yeah, they're no uh, way. Yeah, wow. they, I did not know that. They have one point. Leon have two points. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, wow, weird. Yeah, that is strange. I didn't know they were having such a bad start to the season. Well, no. <laughs> that that further proves that what I was going to say next is we shouldn't have to start Mbappe to get three points in that game. So, um, if you know if we've got to play Ramos, Dembele, RKM, however you want to throw that in, throw in Barcola on the left wing again. Throw Vitinha on the left wing. We've seen that before. Uh, then we should be fine. Just just press them like crazy. You know, keep it solid at the back like it has been. It's good that we've had uh, Marquinhos back there. You know, he's a, he's not the, a, a lightning fast defender, but he's he's good at at neutralizing counterattacks. And just like you were mentioning with Hakimi earlier, uh, the reason that we're our defense will probably be in a lot better spot this year is when Hakimi goes up and leaves space behind. We've got freaking Manuel Ugarte there in defense to make bone crunching tackles that are that are clean almost all the time just like how you know Verratti has been so good at tackling Ugarte is even better Let, let's a, give his stats real quick Manuel Ugarte yeah, 76 yeah. touches 54 passes at 93% success five long balls 10 ground duels one which oh is exactly gosh. to your point that's 10 crazy. ground duels five interceptions nine tackles Ten ground. The guy should just one. show up to the game. I think he came. He yeah. had like a speaker. He should just have like a a lunch pail and a hard hat. 
Like he comes to do like construction work, like work blue collar, just showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, that guy is. Uh, he is representing the blue collar uh, community of Uruguay very well. Um, yeah, it's just man, it's crazy. It's just the defense is so much better when he's playing, and we're able to. And Luis Enrique knows it, obviously that. You can you can send Hakimi forward much more often because you've got Ugarte back there. And Skriniar is a good defender in the box. He's good at clearing headers. He's good at – because eventually what teams like to do on us is they get down in the box. They know that it's going to be tough to break us down through the middle. So they just throw up crosses, and Skriniar is good at defending that. Marquinhos is good at defending that. Um, I mean, Warren Zaharam is even solid in defense too. So, yeah, just overall, just the, the, the setup, the layout of this team is – is way better than last year. I feel like, uh, no disrespect to them, of course, but people that were thinking, oh, PSG's down the drain. Now they don't have Messi or Neymar. It's just, look at the last six, seven teams who have won the Champions League who didn't have either of those players. You don't, you know, it's I, it's so much more. I just, and this is off topic, but I'll just make it short. But this whole idea of just being hyper-focused on single players PSG got messy, so they're going to win the Champions League. I'll admit, I fell into that spell when we got him, but I was just excited, of course. We all were. But it's just, no, like the system is so much more important. Did did anyone think that Inter Milan would make the final last year? No, but they just had it dialed in. They had a bunch of old dudes who were willing to make those bone-crunching tackles, and man, uh, they just, they were on it. So yeah, it's it's the overall, you know, cohesion and structure of the team is just far more important than any one player, which is why, you know, we saw that today when uh, Mbappe got hurt, the final 57 minutes, we still ran riot. So yeah, anyway, a bit off topic, yeah. but. No, it's a good point. And I think back to Mbappe, you know, see how he looks in training. I'm sure he's going to be out there uh, working and getting treatment against Claremont Foot on, on Saturday. Maybe bring him in for 20 minutes just to kind of stretch out the muscles a little bit, let him get some, you know, game time. I wouldn't, I don't think we need him against the last place league on team. I think we have plenty of quality to get that win. It is a way. So that always presents a, a challenge, but um, I don't think PSG should risk it with Mbappe because that game against Newcastle is going to be, boy, you talk about atmospheres. That place is going to be rocking, and we're going to need Mbappe because we we do have some young players. We do have some veterans as well that have been in those kind of atmospheres, but um, as I mentioned in the previous podcast with Jonathan Johnson, I think it's been 20 years since that place has hosted a, a Champions League game. So they're, and, and they're just, during Premier League games, they're one of the, the most passionate supporters in, in England, so you know they're going to be up for this one, and so we're going to need our best, and so hopefully we'll have Mbappe for that. I, I feel pretty confident we'll, we'll have him from that. So let's just take it easy this week. Let's see how things go. Um, let's get to the, the more goals, Ethan. Let's talk about more goals, because the second came from Randall Kolomwani. It was that man, Hakimi, with a shot. Um, from distance, hit the post, hit the Marseille goalkeeper, and then the Frenchman was the first to pounce and, and kind of just tap it into the back of the net. I want to tie his goal into the two from Gonzalo Ramos. He scored a header, and then at the late in the game, it was a nice counter where he was able to, to score as well because both Gonzalo Ramos and RKM, they've been close to scoring for PSG. They played well, but they haven't had that breakthrough. So they finally get their breakthrough tonight in a big match. Talk about their performance and your expectations for them moving forward. Yeah, uh, thank God that they scored because uh, if if I had to go another week 
hearing, especially about Gonzalo Ramos, who was my second favorite signing of the summer after Ugarte. Um, if I had to go another week hearing, you know, the 007, have you guys ever, have you ever heard the 007 uh, thing? It's, it's some, I don't know. I feel like younger people are saying it, but it's a agent 007, zero games, zero goal or zero goals, zero assists, seven games. So once you hit seven games without having a goal or an assist, uh-huh. then you're called like doubles. It's like a big knock on you. I've uh, never heard this. I thought yeah, it was like the it's, Nintendo it's 64 thing. game. I feel, I feel like it's, oh no, it's like, <laughs> that's funny. Sorry if that was loud. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like a thing that like younger people do on social media, I think. But, um, I'm really happy that we're not going to have to hear 007 chance for either, either of those guys. Um, because yeah. And I mean, Ramos could have been on the end of that tap in. It's just like you said, uh, Arkham got there first, but, um, Man, they they both played really well, and I was just dying to see them both score, especially Ramos, because I've I've been tweeting it so much the past couple of weeks. Ramos could he should, well he got two today. He should have like six goals for PSG now. He really should. It's just the issue is that, you know, I mean think of look at his first goal. His first ever goal for PSG was today. It was a great cross, basically skimmed over the top of a Marseille defender's hair. It basically went right over his head, perfect cross onto his head. He puts it in. For him, that's that's almost a tap in essentially, just because he's he's so good at that kind of stuff. And it's just the the only reason that he doesn't have five plus goals for us yet is because the delivery. We're just not a team that's used to crossing. We statistically cross less than any other Champions League contender or dark horse. You know, pick pick the ten teams with the best chance of winning it. We're always the team that crosses the least. And so we're just not used to it. And that's what he thrives on. That's what, you know, for Portugal in the World Cup, that's what he did well on. He wasn't straight up dependent on it, but he's he's a traditional nine who, you know, throw that ball in the box, let him get his head on it or let him, you know, bring it to his feet and then blast it in. And that's just exactly what he needed. He just needed one good delivery, I'm telling you. So he finally got that and he's got his goal. Um, and then, yeah, I love the the way that they both pounced on that goal. It was, uh, I thought for sure that he was offside, uh, Arkham, but no, he actually stayed on side. And uh, yeah, either way, you could say we deserved a goal there. It was either going to be Hakimi's, Kolmuani's, or Ramos's. So but yeah, moving forward, I mean, if we can keep giving good deliveries. Uh, Arkham at the end of this game, I feel like he did really, really well at getting basically on the... Uh, you know, as as close to the um, why am I spacing on the the line at the back of the pitch? I'm thinking baseline like basketball, but that's not it. it I don't know why I'm touch just... line. That's the sideline. Yeah, that's the sideline. Okay, you know what? Until you look it up, I'm calling it the baseline because just my American brain is thinking of <laughs> basketball. Um, I'm looking it up. Hang on, it is the I guess it's the goal line. The goal line, okay, awesome. goal line, baseline, whatever. He he got, he did so well at getting behind their defense, and he's basically hor- uh, parallel with the goal or uh, perpendicular to the goal, and he's just like as deep as he could possibly be in Marseille's attacking third, and he had so many chances. I mean, it's just of course Marseille they're dropping everyone, they're trying to not to concede eight yeah. to us in this game, but mm-hmm. just a little bit better delivery, he just passes across goal, and I mean if if he, I feel like he did really well right at the end of the game. You know, I feel like it was after Marseille kind of given up and we were just kind of tearing them apart. But yeah, he got behind the defense so often and I hope he keeps doing that 
because I feel like that's just it's such an effective way. I love watching that kind of football. I know when I would play FIFA back in the day, uh, that's the kind of goal that I was always trying to score: get as far behind the defense as possible or through them as possible, and then whip something into the box real quick. And anyway, yeah, I expect to see a lot more of that. Um, I think it'll be interesting if well, I'm not going to jump ahead to next season, but if Mbappe can't play. Uh, is Barcola going to play on the left wing the whole time? Or is Arkham going to move over? Is Dembele going to move over? Because we've seen Dembele and, and Mbappe swap uh, in the, the game against Dortmund at one point. Dembele was the left winger, Mbappe was the right winger, which typically it's the other way around. So they were, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But um, I feel like I'm rambling a bit, so I'll kind of cut off my thought here. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be, I'm, of course, I want to see more goals. But I just think, the more that these guys get used to playing with the team, it's just, I feel like we're going to see at least one of them just start to go off. There's too much quality for, for them not to go off. And I looked at another website. They called it the end line. So I guess you could call it either one. Um, I like your, your 007 reference. So maybe they're not 007, but both Ramos and Colomani had a license to kill against Marseille. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Want want that, um, maybe that'll be the podcast title, but um, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but no, I, I think both of those players they're going to get an opportunity against Claremont. But there's no doubt about that with Mbappe. If you're gonna if if you don't start him, I think they'll certainly get plenty of opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you. Ramos is a player who came in uh, with a lot of promise. There's a lot of PSG supporters that I follow that were really high on him, and and just people who cover football in general, like wow, that's a really good signing. And he kind of got off to a slow start. So he scores that brilliant header, kind of got down low, just sacrificed the body because you never know what's going to happen when you, you dip your head down like that in the box. You end up getting kicked or something. But just no fear was able to get in there and, and score that goal. It was fantastic. And then I feel like the, the counterattack for this PSG side is is just underrated right now. I don't know if we've seen the best counterattacking from PSG. And maybe that's uh, a style of play that Luis Enrique doesn't want to get married to. He wants to kind of be that possession base. But I think that this team, when it comes to counterattack football, with the amount of quality and pace that they have, could be absolutely devastating uh, to opposing teams. So we saw that a little bit there towards the end. Again, Marseille was sort of waving the white flag there and had given up. But still, we'll take the goal. So as many as Ramos can get, but he's a fantastic player. And, and Kolomowani, he's going to be our striker. I think the more goals we can get him, the better. Um, again, like we said with Barkley, he j he's only just come in, you know, a handful of games, probably less than that for RKM, and already gets his goal. And um, it just goes to show that sometimes just putting a shot on, on frame, you never know what's going to happen. A goalkeeper, you know, pairs it off to the side or it hits a post or something. You never know what's going to happen. And and so I hope moving forward, PSG do take more of those shots from distance and and then just kind of pounce on those rebounds and see what happens. Um, so I thought that was a great goal. And I think both of those players moving forward, I think we're going to see some really good stuff from them. And I think it's going to present a challenge for Luis Enrique when it comes to picking his best attacking players. But it's a good problem to have. It's the same thing we have um, in several other positions that we have uh, – you know, on defense, what do you do with Hernandez once Nuno Mendez comes back? So these are really good problems for Luis Enrique to have. Everyone is playing really well. We need players to get goals, hopefully against Claremont Foot. Let's get another 4-0 um, and just get players used to seeing that ball going to the back of the net so that when we play a Newcastle and when we play AC Milan, it's just kind of that muscle memory, and we just continue to score goals. So that's what I'm hoping to see from them. We just need to keep scoring goals. Um Ethan, any other thoughts on on that before we move forward? There, uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think you said it pretty well. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. Claremont Foot next Saturday. We kind of talked about what we what we think is going to happen there. Do you want to to look ahead? Maybe skip that one because it is a, a a bottom feeder of League One. We kind of have a feeling we'll perform well there. But looking ahead to Newcastle, um, do you want to maybe share a formation or how do you think things will go for that a little preview, if you will? Um, yeah, that's yeah, good question. Um... I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of what Enrique might do compared to what I, I would do. I play a lot of football manager on my laptop. Um, so I, I'm very partial to the 4-3-3, which, you know, is a good formation given our team. You know, I could play Ugarte as that defensive midfielder, then Zaire Emery or Vitinha, um, or probably probably both of them. My bad. Uh, I meant and Vitinha. And then, yeah, probably Mbappe on the left wing, either RKM or Ramos. Uh, at striker, and then either Arkham or Dembele out on the right wing. That'd probably be what I do. Um, yeah, it's it like you said earlier. It'll be a crazy atmosphere. Their first Champions League game in a long time. Uh, Let's not beat, forget that today, right? Yeah, today. I eight, was about to mention that. Yeah, they beat Sheffield United, Sheffield United, which Sheffield United is probably the worst team in the Premier League. And I would have even. I'm not just saying that because they lost eight 0 today. I mean, people have been criticizing their manager. Pretty heavily since the season started, but they're probably the worst team in the league. But still, I mean, Edo is pretty crazy. I mean, I remember back when we would beat uh, Troa back in the day, nine uh, nil and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, they're good. And then um, I'm curious to see. I looked at Newcastle's numbers at or their games coming up at halftime. They've got Man City in the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, the Energy Energy Drink Cup, as some people like to call it. That's completely uh, fine, but then they make fun of the league on Uber Eats, which I still contend the Uber Eats guy bringing the ball out is one of the best things in world football. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's it's fun. Yeah, you know, call us the Uber Eats League, you know. Next time you, uh, you're you chilling on a night out, you know, let's see. You're probably going to order Uber Eats yourself. So, um, yeah, the Carabao Cup. Yeah, they're playing Man City on Wednesday. And then uh, – but then they have Burnley, who's also – fighting relegation and i don't think they have a premier league win yet so what's the uh who's their nfl owner part owner oh Burnley? is it jj watt it is jj watt it is yeah you're right okay yeah and then vincent company is their manager you know they cruised to the 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 efl championship title last year for the second division so i thought they would be doing better so far but yeah. they have had a tough schedule actually so i think they might be all right but yeah it looks like outside of this game on wednesday Against Man City, um, their next game's pretty simple. Today was pretty simple. They definitely were, you know, stepping off the brakes there at the end yeah. or take, take putting their foot on the brakes, you know, taking it off the gas. So it doesn't look like they're going to have too much of a, you know, fatigue. They do have two games. So they, got, they have to play two matches they while PSG have two, just yeah. have the one against a last-place team. So PSG will be able to rest players, rotate squad, yeah. whatever Luis Enrique thinks that needs to be done. I have to imagine Newcastle, with their owners and the amount of money, they're going to want to go up against Manchester City and, and knock them out of the energy drink cup uh, on Wednesday. So I think they'll probably field a decent squad. It looks like that game is at home. And then, again, home at Burnley. So they got a nice little... Um, uh, and then PSG come to town. So they've got three home matches in a, in a row there um, where PSG have to do a little travel and go to Claremont and then all the way up to Newcastle. So and it'll be interesting that, to see how yeah. both of them. But let, let's not forget, I mean, Newcastle went to the San Siro and, and got away with a scoreless draw. Um, I'm sure they wanted to, to uh, score more goals, but 
they come away with a result there. Newcastle is going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Yeah, I'm forgetting um, who dominated that game. One team dominated, and one was one was lucky to escape with a point. Oh my gosh, I can't Let's remember. See. I, I mean, I think it was AC Milan just looking up 25 shots, nine on target compared to to only six total shots from Newcastle, oh, one yeah, on target. So it must have been Milan then. Yeah, so they. Yeah, Newcastle are kind of lucky to not be bottom of the group, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still, yeah, first first Champions League game for them in a long time. Yeah, it's weird. So I didn't know that, but they've got three straight home games. Yeah. And then we've got three straight away games, actually. Because mm-hmm. after that game, we've got at Wren, which is always yeah. a tough one. So I hate that fixture. We always yeah. Yeah. fall flat. But we've been at the park for a little while. Um, so I guess now we got to pack mm-hmm. up and, and leave the French capital with Newcastle. I mean, Ishak, he's going to be uh, a problem up front. You've got Tonali. There was some rumors a couple years ago that maybe PSG were interested in him. I think he's really, really good. Um, Newcastle has a really talented squad and being at home with that extra energy. I feel like obviously we want PSG to win, but I think Luis Enrique, I don't think we're going to see a similar formation that we saw today. Um, I think we'll maybe see something, maybe a more traditional four-three-three, um, and and maybe Hakimi will have to sit back a little bit more. Ugarte is going to have to be on his game. We're going to need Mbappe for that, no doubt. It's great that Ramos and RKM were scoring goals today because we're going to need them contributing. We'll have to see. Do you think Vitinha starts in that one away at Newcastle? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to guess yes. I'm, I'm going to think that. I'm going to guess Luis Enrique. Brings in a slightly more defensive side, you know, because you'd prefer Vitinha in the midfield over Barcola on the wing or in midfield. Uh, Vitinha's just a bit better uh, in defense, whereas Barcola is a much better attacker. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we do. It will be interesting. We'll we'll hopefully have more on that game. We'll do another podcast uh, probably after Claremont Foot. We'll look at Newcastle's performance. We'll have the, their match against Manchester City, which I think will be. If Newcastle, which I assume will start a pretty – the lineup they start against Manchester City is probably going to be close to what they play against PSG. So that will be one to keep your eye on as a PSG fan to see how they perform, um, how Manchester City are able to take advantage of certain um, spots on the pitch if they do at all or, or if Newcastle is able to run them out of the building. We'll have to see. So PSG fans, keep an eye on the Energy Drink Cup on Thursday, Newcastle-Manchester City. That should be entertaining. Ethan, any final thoughts on PSG, Marseille, Le Classique, PSG escape, 4-0, absolutely dominating performance. Any final thoughts on that one? Uh, no, other than I think I said this morning uh, that win- winning Le Classique is kind of like Christmas for me. It's just, I just love it. It's something I'm looking forward to the whole year. Um, I don't know when the next Le, Le Classique fixture is. It's probably in February. I feel like they usually put it in February around our Champions League round of 16 match. Uh, but it looks like you might be looking it up right now. But yeah, let me know. So I can put that one on my calendar, of course. I mean, I'm watching every PSG match. but It um, is going to be uh, looking – I just lost my tab. Oh, here it is. March 31st. So that's going to oh. be on a Sunday. Uh, no. Oh, well, we don't know about the knockout stage and all that. So yeah. It's it, going to be early for us. It looks like it's scheduled. Uh, for us at 7 a.m. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll be up for that. But, um, yeah, March 31st, that'd be around the uh, 
quarterfinals, if we're in the quarterfinals, maybe between the quarters and the semis. I can't remember, but if yeah, you mean that's, when? Like, that's like after spring break here. So that's a, <laughs> that'll be good. I think there's an international break that there's always an international break that week, the week before. So that week's my birthday and I've never seen a club match on my birthday. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm sure it's the same case this year. So might be right off an international break. Hopefully we uh, are coming to that one healthy. So last point, I think, I think we were a bit well-behaved. I think uh, most of the people in the stand saw that Selena Gomez was there. So they were trying to, they wanted to make sure they were on their best behavior for her. See, which, everyone uh, is like, Selena, Selena. And I know. It's funny. I get it. Pharrell Williams. I tweeted this out. He was there. I, that like for me, I'm like, oh, oh he Pharrell. was. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was nice. there. So I, yeah. I love, I love his music. So yeah. um, I was a big, big fan of that. You know, Selena, she's great too. Yeah. Um, the stars were out. PSG stars go on four nil. It was a great performance. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye.